0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSS Podcast. I hope you're all well who's listening. Today, I'll be joined by my co-host John and a show regular William. How are you both?
1: Good. Good man.
0: Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Thanks. No problem at all. Now, in terms of podcasts it's going to be very light, very light discussion and stuff, and what's been going on—a wee season review so far. But me and Franny did one about the transfer window. We give our opinions on it. I'm actually interested to hear yourself and. Uh, John and William's opinion on it as well in terms of what they think in terms of squad depth and players coming in but I'll come to yourself William first now, me and Franny spoke about the types of players that come in and types like Kyogo Cameron Carter vickers come in at centre-back what was your overall opinion on the transfer window?
2: Uh, I, I think we did as well as we could have done to be honest with you uh, we banged on the tail end of last season about how it's going to be a big turnover and which uh, clearly was um, on deadline day that I, I was a bit afraid in, in the morning at the window when you're hearing that, that Eddie and Christy are potentially on their way out and Griffiths was gone and then every, every uh, tweet that was coming through from Celtic officially it was just loan deals out the door and there was nothing coming in. But I was fairly happy with what we'd done. I don't think we could have done much more to be honest with you. Uh, in an ideal world um, we would have kept to like say Eddie and Christy. N- not because I think they're our first 11 players but I thought the weekend before um, when we played in the Derby game the bench was shocking to say the least and we are lacking depth um, big time so for me you had to keep hold of these guys and bring additions in as well but with the contract situations and uh, yeah. and to be fair we've, we've discussed at length how Eddie hasn't seemed interested the last Season, season and a half, and uh, Christy Also, uh, it's, it's obviously the deals were definitely the right thing to do. Uh, I just feel like at the end of the window, I was looking for more depth, and what we've actually had done is punted two out the door, replaced them, and then added one centre half. But in the same token, I can't, I can't say the board haven't done a good job. I think we've we've had a very, very decent window, and. Uh, to bring in 12 players and actually want more crazy to say but uh, that, that the only thing i would say is we were lacking a bit of depth uh, like i say with the bench at the weekend before i was hoping we'd bring in more and keep hold of what we had but it wasn't to be but i'm I'm, I'm fairly excited to see the new guys that have came in and uh hi we've got a, the decent makings of a squad uh, and I'm, I'm interested to see what he does in january i know Big just talked about how the Asian market is much easier to get uh, players in and attract players in January. So I think I think we've got a fairly uh, fairly well-balanced squad at the moment. Uh, a few more additions and I think we'd be we'd be rocking. So I, I'm, I'm fairly happy.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point that you make in terms of obviously Christie, Edward and Griffiths left. And well, obviously maybe Griffiths not so much, but in terms of Edward and Christie, it does leave a hole in the team. And as you said, we're bringing in uh, Carter Pickers to centre-back, Jada and Geo as well. I, mean, I, I think I agree with you in terms of the depth. I think we do lack in certain areas, but we'll come on to that further on in the podcast. But what about yourself, John, in terms of the transfer window? We even going right back to the start, the likes of Urigidi, Liam Shaw came in, Karl Starfelt and then Kyogo came in. Was it a mm-hmm. transfer window for you that sadly done well in? Or like William, do you think we could have improved in other areas too?
1: I think that I mean, if we need to be sort of relatively reasonable. We still brought in quite a fair amount of guys, and um, you've almost got a full starting eleven. Eight transfers brought in. Um, I thought it was a, a really good window, a successful window. Um, overall, if you look at our player sales going out, I think what was it we made in the region of something like fifty million or something like that. And yeah, fifty million. Yeah. Um, and we've spent twenty, so you're still on a bit of profit overall. We're still bringing a lot of guys in. We've added a wee bit of depth to certain areas. Uh, there is guys obviously that have left um edouard which we all were kind of expecting anyway christy another one um iron and stuff like that but i mean in terms of the guys we brought in i thought i thought we'd done really well i ideally yeah I, we'd like to have uh, sort of strengthened in other positions but I thought for what we've done what we've spent and the quality we've brought in for the money we've spent is absolutely fine um really happy we they sort of Last-minute decision to bring Bickers in. I thought that's that was a great sign and He's definitely going to help shore up the defence because we know that that was one of the issues we were having. And it looked like is that window was uh, edging closer and it was going to close that we were not going to strengthen in that area. Uh, and we managed to bring in a uh, sort of a seasoned defender, um, somebody with a bit of experience. And I think uh, that he was also being looked at by. A couple of other clubs, um, but nothing came through and then and we managed to pip it at the end, so I'm happy with that. Um, same way, uh, Jota, we've been kind of screaming for a left-sided player as well. I think most of us have agreed on this, it's one area that we needed strength on. <clears throat> um, we, like Mikey Johnson being injured and now with christie away, you've not really got anybody out on that left side that it was Christie's best position anyway but you've not really got any real depth on that side so bringing in another player like as you said we, we can play Forest out there at a stretch um, and we've got this boy Jota coming in um, so I thought that that was another um, great signing and I think somebody that could do really well for us uh, I've got uh, when I was at university I met a few boys or you know, Portuguese boys that I'm still really good friends with uh, and one of them's a big Benfica fan as well, and he he's, he he's well aware of who who this boy is, and he says that he's been touted over in Portugal at least uh, under Benfica, he's been touted as the next big thing. Um, he's just not been able to get the opportunities or hit the ground running yet. Um, but he suspects that he'll absolutely walk out here. Um, know that disrespectful to the, the 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 differences in the leagues and stuff like that, but I, I'm sure I, I believe what he's saying, and I'm sure he probably will. Um, and I think that we could have an absolutely fantastic uh, signing on our hands and I'm hoping uh, it turns out to be another one of these um, sort of Patrick Roberts moments and we end up we've got the opportunity as well for Vickers and this guy to sign up permanently at the end of it as well which is something we've not really had with previous deals, loan deals so uh, I think it's good that we've got that in place as well because if they do impress uh, we've got the opportunity to bring them in um, and if they don't, then they've helped play their part, I guess, in the season. But, I overall, I'm really happy with the window. I can't, there's nothing to really complain about. The only thing I can really say about it is that, I mean, Edward going to Crystal Palace sort of makes sense. He wants to try his he play his trade at uh, the English Premiership. I mean, they're not the biggest club down there, and no doubt he'll play well and want to move elsewhere. Uh, but Christie's moved or decision to go to the championship is absolutely baffling and I said this in the group chat the other day and I was just thinking about it when you look what's the size of this do you any of you recall the size of Burnham Stadium it's something like
0: 10,000
1: that's uh, even worse I thought I was going to give him some credit and say 16
0: it's like 10,000
1: <laughs> it's mental because he's went for and I mean let's make no mistake he, he would be a regular starter up here whereas there was an opportunity for him to stay sign a new contract put yourself in the short window again, like we've said with other guys, if, if you really want to go for a move, play your heart out for us this year, then put your name in the short windy, and then a bigger club will probably come in for you, but he's, he's opted to just bypass that, he's gained up 60,000 a week fans, European football, everything that comes along with that, step. walking out that tunnel, um, listening to the fans, singing You'll Never Walk Alone, the 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 Champions League or Europa League music playing and all the rest of it, to go and walk out a tunnel to 10,000. Like, it just absolutely. Who does that? And you can't put it down to footballing reasons because he's gone to the Burnley. Championship.
2: He's a Bournemouth fan, isn't it?
1: It's mental. And he had to. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he turned down Burnley as well, I heard. So it has to be something like that. He's yeah, he's, he's a Bournemouth fan. I mean, he's turned down the chance to actually play in the English Premier League to, to opt to, to walk out to uh, sort of applause
2: for a 10,000 folk then I mean it's it's mental absolutely Celtic, Celtic did everything they could to keep hold on the contract was offered they wanted to go so you know I my g- thoughts on previous podcasts I've always said I don't care how good you are or how big you are or, 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 or what a player you are if you don't want to be here then do one I am gutted though because th- I've always been a big Master Christie fan even through last year when everybody was tearing strips at him I've always thought he's a quality, quality player. So uh, we've and seen him. with it's, Edward as well. See, and I know we you t- touched the one in on the last pod as well. See, when you see the the whole farewell videos for Celtic and you you, you see what they've given to the club, you're like, Ugh. but it's the right time. It's the right deals. They had to go, um and we've replaced them straight away. So it's it's been it was a decent one. It was a decent deadline day, anyway.
1: When you can cons- yeah. say, I, I mean, absolutely. When you consider the money, right? Let, let's just analyse it Edwards in the last year he's contract well he's less than a year he's contract what 10, 10 months left and you've got a team paying however with the estimate it the including all the add ons to be about eighteen and a half. That's incredible business. Yeah for a guy with less than a year left. And for Christie to still make what how much was it a million and a half, two million or yeah. something. Yeah. Way, when he could essentially sign a pre contract now and then leave for hee haw in January. We still managed to get a couple of million at the deal for him. So, when you by and large, I like you said, William, it, it, sometimes you just need to say bye. It just baffles me that that was his decision rather than staying at us. But, like yeah. you said, if they don't want to be here,
2: 100
1: see you later. But I, we, we all seen that how much talent Edward and Christy had because see, when they were on, they were unstoppable. And Christy showed it early on in this season, but it, again, he this is the closer we got to the end of this window, I think he knew because his performances dipped again drastically. and. It just, I this writing was on the wall, I think, for quite a while for both of them. But, I overall, just to answer your question, Stephen. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, to be fair, though, no, listen, I have answered John, it. John, you're like I'm the
2: big man. You start <laughs> off on a tangent and you go away and tell four other stories then come back again.
1: I think I've kept relatively on, relatively on topic, though, because we're still talking about transfers and things like that. I'm just saying, just to wrap up, I I'm I'm happy with the window, mate. I I thought I thought we'd done a good bit of business and, and I think that come January, like William says, exploring the Japanese market and stuff like that. I think we'll bring Merian uh in a couple of months time.
0: hmm I th- I think you've built up that Bournemouth rant for the last week and a half <laughs> since the window ended there. John, just mean, it, good... I, I've,
1: it just absolutely baffles me, mate. I don't get yeah, it. it. And the to does. Bournemouth and Bournemouth fans because I'm sure they, they, I mean they're obviously they love their club as well, but doesn't, you can't compare the two, and it's just mental.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to bring it back to what you said about obviously Carter Vickers coming in in terms of an uh, experienced pro at centre back. William John made a great point. He comes in. We all thought that deal was dead and dead in the water, and then obviously the last day it got kind of reemerged again, and it was concluded towards the end of the transfer window. See, I'll come to both of us, but I want to come to William first. But see, in terms of Carter Vickers and Starfelt, I don't think you can drop Stephen Wells. So I think at the moment he's our number one centre back. Would you drop Starfelt and start Vickers in the next game?
2: Yeah, I would I would definitely like to see a bit uh, of Carter Vickers. I can't judge because I've not seen much of him. I know he's highly rated. You don't come out of Spurs if you're not. Um, but from what I've seen of Starfelt so far, I'm not convinced. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a player for us. But um, from what I've seen so far, uh, I, I, I've not been impressed. I thought he had a decent uh, game in the Derby game. But uh, we've discussed it before and I've been pretty vocal about the fact that before that and pretty much of the game, I feel like he's given away a a, a proper goal-scoring opportunity and um, we've not looked great defensively. And in his defence, it's pretty much when we are defending, it's just him and Welsh because the, the rest of the team are, are bombing forward to get goals. So <clears> it's a tough <throat> predicament and I don't think, I think we're I think we've seen it. Uh, we're quite subjective to the to the long ball over the top. I I don't think he's pacey enough. And that's when he gets himself in trouble. And I feel like when he does, I feel like he's a. This might sound a bit. Ah, it's going to be harsh if I say that. I can't say that. I feel like he's, he's more. He's it, like a, he's like, I think he's like a glorified beat on with the fact that he's always diving into challenges. He's, he's, it's as if he's making a midfielder's challenge. The amount of times we've seen him get turned easily or, or making silly fouls because he's standing on a halfway line, doesn't need to make the foul and the, the boy's ready to turn and he's, he, he either makes a foul or dives in and the guy's away so uh, I've not seen much that excites me from him I'm I'm really 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 wanting Big Julian to get fit and come back in because I thought he was colossal the first season he was with us and I think he would be uh, he would slot right back in um, but yeah I, and, and you're right I think Welsh is he's a solid 7 out of 10 every week and in He's, he gives you all, so I would say he would he'd be the the first centre-half that's on the team sheet, and then it's a matter of how big Ange sees it in, in training and what he, he feels he wants to do, but the, the good thing is that, I mean, the the football that we're playing and how intensive it is that we're playing, we need to rotate, so all these guys are going to get a chance, and uh, I, I would like to see what Carter Vickers can do, so yeah, I would throw him in.
0: What what about yourself, John? Obviously, to give credit to yourself, you've kind of been on Starfield's kind of side of things when all of us in the pod are going after him, and you've pointed out some good things about him that sometimes we've missed because he's kind of had a a bad game or something's led to a goals gone opportunity. And then you mentioned that Carter Victor's coming in, uh, another season pro, played well at Bournemouth last year, and by all accounts, all the fans down there, even though <laughs> you rant about them, but they wanted they, him to stay in terms of being a player for them going forward. Now, would you would you be inclined to drop Starfelt or keep Starfelt on and Vickers as like backup for now? What what where would you go about
1: it? It's a tough
0: one, Stephen, because like
1: Vickers is just in. Excuse me, sorry, Vickers is just in the door, <clears throat> and like William said, it really depends on how i seen them in training. Um, so I think the when we see the team sheet next uh, the coming week when. Um, to see where we stand, who 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 the starting eleven is, then I think that will give an indication as to how he's seen staff out in training uh, compared to Vickers. But in saying that, like you say, ah, he he has been prone to making mistakes, but he has also done a lot of decent things defensively. And I'm glad, William, you touched on this because I said it a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, in regards to the the situation that's him and Welsh are usually put in due to the way we're playing football, is if if a ball does come in over the top. You've got two guys who you're relying on clearing the full-back line themselves. Um, If that ball goes out in either wing, it's immediately a disadvantage. And it's hard to sort of then try and compose yourself and get to the positions. I think that's where we see Stafford kind of trip up Mace times um, when he's making these mistakes. Um, I think nerves play a large part in that as well. It's a system he's obviously no use to, and it'll take time for everybody, all the players in that team, to get used to it. So... I would like to give him credit where it's due, and I thought against Rangers, eh, it was probably one of his best games in a Celtic shirt. I thought he was solid; he didn't really put a foot wrong, and I was I was quite happy to see it as well because I was like I was thinking to myself if there's any game that he can't mess up in, it's this, and he done well. So, I mean, it it, it would be it be a bit harsh to drop him immediately when that was his last showing, um, but again, that remains to be seen. Uh, but I, I think that the, the, the inclusion of Carter Vickers in that back line, uh, not just as additional backup for the, the defensive duo, definitely Welsh is first name in the team sheet is, in terms of set of halves, as William said. So it's it's competition as well new for Staffel. He's got another player there who is vying for a place and somebody with that experience and stuff that can come in and they can all help each other and it's just another like another body there and it's... It, it's like hopefully with them all training together they're picking up each other's stuff and that they'll learn so I we'll see what happens come the weekend
0: yeah it'll be quite interesting i think i think you're right in terms of training coming up to this game is ross county we're playing as <coughs> the next game
2: yeah so Saturday.
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see that but what we're going to do now we're going to have a wee look back at the season so far just a just a wee review obviously in terms of news, in terms of Celtic, there's not much to talk about, obviously, in current relevant news. But <laughs> have we looked back at the season so far, William? And we'll touch upon the European form first. Obviously, the first game that's come up was the, the Midtjylland game. The European Fencer in the Champions League came to an end. And now w- w- we're looking forward to the Europa League group stage. Now, obviously, looking back at them Midtjylland games, you, you're fearing the worst getting into any other European fixer. When that Alkmaar tie got released that we were playing them, it was a daunting thing, and usually it's never a daunting thing for us, kind of Celtic fans, to face opposition like that because we're so used to playing top quality opposition like PSG, Barcelona. But suddenly Alkmaar was worrying us. But obviously we got through that tie. We're in a, a great, a great group in the Europa League, and it's something I'm really looking forward to. How would you rate so far, Coglu's kind of tenure in European football? Obviously, Champions League was a kind of disappointing thing, but we kind of expected it and Europa League we go through that and we're in the group stage all in all for me I think it's it's pretty good so far
2: yeah very positive uh, obviously the Midtjylland game he was he was only he was only in the door and we're talking now after a full window about how we think the squad's still a bit thin but even back then it was it was about half the squad he's got now so uh, I think that was just a matter of uh, too much too soon uh, you're right with you uh, when we got drawn against them, it was probably one of the tougher, tougher draws that we could have uh, could have imagined. And I thought we coped with it brilliantly. Obviously, we were um, well, ma- large, large parts of the second game we were under the caution. There was a big chunk of the first game we were under the caution as well. But I thought that I thought that first leg we were absolutely immense. Um, I love the fact that we were two nothing up when it was the ninety. 90- second minute and we've got a free kick and the, the camera goes down the touchline and just telling the centre-halves get in there get in the box get it in still wanting more goals it shows you what um what his philosophy is he he's just wants to score goals and then the, the remit before the second game was do you sit in and do you defend your lead and he's like no we'll just keep playing the way we're playing and uh, we couldn't have got off to a better start and then Celtic did what Celtic always do and <laughs> uh, squeaky bum time for all us fans watching but we're through and we've got European football and it's, it's like you say the group, I'm so excited to play some of the teams, or some cracking ties in there I think um, and if we continue to do what we're doing under uh, Ange at the moment and keep playing that sort of football we've got these new signings in to integrate um, it's very exciting future uh, and if you told me the tail end of last year that I'd be sitting here as excited as I am, I thought the transition would have took a lot longer but um and there's still a long way to go but um it's it's I've, i it's been a very positive start to the season i think and the european football uh especially it's been it's been really really positive so yeah very pleased
0: yeah well in that group william there's a uh, real bettas leverkusen the furnace faro it's obviously a team yeah. some Sel- fans know well john in terms of being put out by them in, in the european competition Coming to yourself, obviously, regards to the European kind of form first, and I think William rightly said there, the first leg against Alkmaar, Celtic were fantastic. They played that Ans ball, as everyone likes to call it now, with high press and intensity. And obviously, you went to the second leg, and William pointed out right again that we do what we always do in terms of Celtic, and we put the fans through the ringer. Me, for one, I honestly was watching that game through cracks in my hands at some points. So it does look like we were there for the taking. But looking at it, obviously back in hindsight after a week or so on. Are you happy with the, the kind of progress you're seeing on the post of Coglu and the European front?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that we, we all said that at the start, Michelin was going to be tough because we still did. It was very early on. And I just sort of mean, in terms of his competitive matches, he, he, he's still building his team. We never had all the guys we've got in there. It was always going to be a tough ask. So I don't think we we're under any sort of, any sort of, like, illusion that it was not going to be a tough tie. Um, I think if we had the team new against them, we'd, we'd scud them. Um, but you can only play what's in front of you at the time. Um, we ended up, that Alkmaar game, like you said, uh, as tough a game as we had all season. But you're seeing, we pre- each passing game, you're seeing the improvements that the team's making. With the new guys coming in and still bedding in and everything else, It was all that was going to be a tough game as well. Uh, the first leg I thought we were great. Uh, the second leg was definitely, I uh, did see the sort of ass fall out of the team a wee bit. And it's are all too accustomed to seeing sometimes. But it, you also got to give credit to your defence there. And, and this is where you got to sort of put your hands up and say that your back four done their job really well. Uh, especially your two centre-half pairings was mistakes made, aye. But did they clear their lines and do what they needed to do, aye. So it, it, we we managed to get through it. Um, and now we've got the Europa League uh, to look forward to. And, and by the way, I don't think I've ever seen this before either, but I think this is also going to be the first time we're ever going to see that white pinstripe monstrosity uh, getting played as much uh, at all in a season because the three of the teams <coughs> in this Europa League group all wear green and white. That's true. Are you all about Absolutely. the pink one? Are you all about the pink part? What are you all about? The, the, the white one with the pink pinstripes, aye. Oh, no, right, like, yeah, when yeah. You, like you, they bring a third strip or whatever it is, and yes. then you maybe see it one game a season. Uh, but I think because the, our, our, our other away top's green, uh, and the home top's green and white, and two other teams in this group uh, wear green and white, that we're probably going to see it
0: quite often. Mm. <laughs> I quite like that top. I'm not yeah. really against it to be honest. No, <laughs> just me. <laughs> but like, yeah. obviously, touch touching upon the European form, move on to the, the, the league and. I want to tie this obviously with a thing we were going to speak about later on the show, but in terms of a waveform form in the league, we've lost two, we've won two at home. And coming to, you, I'll come to yourself first Sean, for this one. I spoke about this previously. For me, anyway, I just don't think the league form is good enough. Obviously, the the home games we smashed the teams we played, yes, but Way away too early. from home, yeah, but away from home, we've lost two, and it has to be pointed out we have lost two. Do you think right. as well? Uh, don't let don't let me speak. I'm coming to the question, and then I'm going to ask it. So, do you think as well in terms of the Ans ball? Do you think, even there can't be a, a slight adaption away from home playing teams? Stephen, I didn't actually cut you off there. I was agreeing with what you were saying. All oh, right, okay, right, fair enough. Sorry, <laughs> that was me. That was me. But what the question still <laughs> <laughs> stands.
1: <laughs> no, listen. Personally, again, that, that that Hearts game away was very the first game of the season. Again. First game, away from home, you've not got the team you've got new. No, you're still bedding in this the style of play we're looking at. We dominated last portions of the game. I don't think that, that scoreline, much like the second time we played Hearts, actually favoured them more than it should have because we should have won it, uh, but we didn't. Uh, but you sort of seen the, the sort of progression, as I said, that, that, that we were making. Um, we won the next couple, and then the next game, that we've, like you said, we've lost two, right? And it was the opening game of the season which you just kind of, it's its way too early. Especially the transition we were making, I think that we all expect, we're not going to win every game this year, right? And the next game that we've lost uh, is against your rivals, so to speak, in a Derby game, away from home as well. And and again, a game that ultimately we we could have won, we should have won. I don't think that they were the better team by any sort. Of, like, I mean, we in, in the two losses we've had, we've shown that I think we're still overall With the better side, and if if we finish, you you take your chances in those games. You're going away with the three points. So, it it based on how we're playing at the minute, and based on the fact that we're four games into the season, I'm not worried at all about the form, and the results will come. And come the end of the season, it'll be an entirely different story.
0: I mean, that's fair enough. But what I was asking, obviously, is do you think that the the way Alan Pocock plays, do you think he should? be adapted a little bit away from home or do you think he should just keep nah, with what he's doing
1: just keep doing what you're doing you why adapt it's working in terms of possession home and stuff home. like that yeah no even away like i said the games we've played away that we've lost we, we we've dominated for most parts of the game we've dominated possession we've had the better of the chances we've just not put them away you put the chances away you're coming up with the three points
0: no, again,
1: I don't. I don't want to be too hard on them for losing the first game against Hearts. We should have got done, but we didn't. We? It happens. Uh, and like when you come up against your rivals as well, it's like you want to make a statement. Uh, they only won by the one goal. I mean, if, wasn't it wasn't a great goal by any means. And again, if we take our chances, for the majority of that match, we are in control. We took our chances. We're away for the FFA three points. So I think just stick to what you're doing. There's no. It, it maybe in Europe, you'd maybe have to consider it against the likes of Batiste and stuff like that, but no no knowing the SPFL, just go out to destroy every team every game. That's what I think you should
0: do. Destroy every team. I love that line. Nice one. What about yourself, William, in terms of the league four? Obviously, John made great points there in terms of, obviously, Hearts was the first game of the season, and then when you're playing Rangers, if we took the chances, like Edwards won, we could have went away with three points, but you always go back to it. It's all ifs, buts and maybes for me, and we have lost two on the road, and it's not concerning yet, but if if the trend keeps going for me, it will be concerning. What what's your opinion so far in the league form?
2: Yeah, I hear I, I hear what you're saying, Stephen. That I, um, I don't see Ange changing his philosophy. Um, yeah. uh, and John's right uh, with the fact that and and the other two games that we have lost, we've we've definitely been more than in the game. Um, and it's it's about taking our chances, but at the same time, we didn't take our chances. And we got beat, so uh, it's not ideal start, but it's not nightmare stuff. Um, we're still in a in a period of transition. There's going to be plenty more, uh, plenty more defeats along the way. Plenty more results that don't go our way. The style that we are playing, um, it's very difficult to keep that going for uh, large periods. So. I mean, there will be injuries, there'll be tiredness, so we it's not going to be on at every game. I I think the derby game we were we were off it. Uh, as much as we had a lot of possession and stuff, we were um we didn't press like we we have been previously. Uh, and uh, not to go back in it, but obviously Kyle go through the middle and stuff like that, which I think he will be prominent up, up up there now that Edouard's gone. I feel like he was kind of shoehorn him out to the left just to fit Edward in, which he doesn't need to now. Um so yeah i'm i'm not worried at the moment i don't think i will be worried i think uh with Ange at the helm i'm i'm quite happy to take the gaffer's lead and, and that some of the football we've been played this year has been unbelievable so uh i think we'll we'll be fine i think if he keeps going the way he's going uh, we will be all right
0: yeah I, I agree and obviously brings me on to the next point and we did speak about the transfer window weeks of the very first podcast was done in terms of call lose tenure but spoke about that the squad's going to look different john and the the way it looks the way it's going forward and we've made all these as you said 12 players come in we could make a first a first 11 out of the players are brought in the last day jay Mack has come in jada come in and Cameron carter vickers come in do you think now that celtic are well equipped to at least go on the run in terms of being up there for the title in january and then look to strengthen again or do you think we're well equipped enough that if we don't do much in January, that we can see the season through in terms of the title challenge? Well,
1: <laughs> I heard you, mate. I, I'm, uh, I feel that, they, uh, <laughs> as I said, I mean, there's still quite a long way to go. Um, it's hard to say for definite that what we are going to be come January. Uh, I still think there's a couple of positions that we could do getting a couple more pieces in uh, just to add depth, because there's well, quite rightly alluded to just a minute ago uh, over the course of this season given the style of football we play injuries and fatigue are going to play its part and it's just natural that that's going to happen um especially when you're coming just coming straight out of, uh, into a new season and playing like that right after the bat um so i expect that we'll probably get a couple more in because we require the depth anyway um, and we need to accommodate for the potential that guys are going to be tired and they need a rest or guys are going to be injured. Um, but I, I still I feel the way the team is at the minute is enough to see the, to win this league. I, I firmly believe that. Um, but, the, but the guys we've brought in, uh, I mean, it's still early for the new ones, like Jota and Jaco Marcus and uh, Cameron Carl Vickers. But I mean, I still feel that we've got enough about us to be able to, to, to do enough in the league. But we, I still, I think we're kidding ourselves if you, if you don't think that we still need a couple of pieces in just to add to the depth and just to cover for certain guys. Thing, but I mean, we've got guys coming back for injury as well. Uh, like you said, when Julian comes back, that's you've got another centre half. When, when I think Forrest is back potentially this week, it uh, could be free this weekend. That's you've got another guy on the right potentially left. Uh, you've still got Mikey Johnson to come back. See if he's still got a place. You've still got Dembele to come back. Um, Ange looked quite keen on them, prior to the injury. So I, I suspect we'll probably see him feature when he's ready. So I mean, the, the, things are starting to certainly look up, uh, and the progression we're making on the on the park is is great. So I think that we're going to be all right. But I'd still like to see a couple coming in now.
0: I think the positions as well, in terms of what you're saying, like left back, left mid, centre mid, and stuff that they need depth. Greg Taylor, apart from him, William, you've got Golly who doesn't really get a He's not getting a sniff, and I said at the start of the season, I think he'll be first choice, but that kind of got proved wrong pretty quickly. Um, Adam Montgomery, he kind of drifts between left-mid and left-back to fill both positions, and he's a young player too, coming through the ranks. But at the moment, I think John made a great point there. There should be enough to see us through a title challenge in the SPL. European football we do need more depth, and I, again, I agree with John, we're kidding ourselves here if we think this is all done. There's going to be a couple more transfer window with him in terms of strengthening the squad and going forward. But just for now, do you think we're equipped enough to challenge in all fronts domestically?
2: Yeah, I think so. I agree with pretty much everything John said. Uh, he made a great point I was going to make myself about the fact that we've got guys out like Dembele and Johnston and Forrest. So I talked about how shocking that bench was uh, last weekend for the Derby game, but if these guys are all fitting there on the bench, you're sitting looking, oh, we've, got, like, we've got options here. So, um, if these guys are all fit, then uh, we're laughing. I think the squad looks decent. I think we've got two or three for each position. I agree, left-back needs strengthening. I'd really like Montgomery, and I think he has a good, solid um, squad player. I thought he was unlucky to miss out in the Derby game, actually. I thought when he came on against Altmar, he was absolutely superb. Uh, but you're right, Taylor's... Uh, I wouldn't say he's the weak link, but if you're looking at that 1st 11, that's something you, you would want to strengthen. But uh, other than that, I'm, I'm I'm fairly happy with the squad. Like I say, I think there's two positions or so for each uh, each spot. I'm not saying that the the backup for each position is is quality and they're and they're going to walk in the side and, and make a difference. They're, they're, they're squad players, and what we want is two or three competing for each position that are top top players. Uh, I feel like that was our one of our. Uh, biggest downfalls last season. I've banged on about it before about how um, we rested on our laurels and because we won, we've been so successful and we were, were winning trophy after trophy. It, it kind of felt like, well, this first eleven is your first eleven. Why change something? Um, if it's if it's not broken, don't fix uh, type of thing. So, um, I, I, like I say, that that was our downfall. I feel like if there was more competition for places, then. Uh, it keeps players on their toes and, and they need to be at their best to be in the in the team and that's what my point is with the depth it's not so much about bringing squad players in to, to, to fill in if somebody's injured or, or to rest a player it's to bring quality in as good as that first 11 to challenge for these spots so that uh, in each position you're not guaranteed a starting berth uh, you've got to earn it and uh, that's what I'd be looking for in the next few windows. Now, I, I feel like we have got a decent squad and, and we've got guys that can come in and do a job, but I'd be looking for quality to challenge for first 11 spots now.
0: Yeah, I mean, one position for me that's guaranteed starters is the centre midfield area with McGregor, Turnbull and Rodgers, John. And that, that's a big, it's, I wouldn't say big, maybe that's a wrong word, but it's a concern for me that that wasn't strengthened the centre midfield position. Obviously, I you know James McCarthy's to come back from injury. He could be he could play a major role going forward if he gets fit and gets back to the levels he can reach in terms of Premier League kind of standard. And then you've got the likes of B can move back up. But I honestly thought B would have went. I still don't know why he's a Celtic player. And then below that you've got the likes of Shaw and Luke O'Connell. If the centre midfield for me along with left back, John is the one, the the positions for me that need strengthened majorly in January, and it's just a concern the likes of Rodzic, I don't know if his, his workload can cope with playing whatever, two, two or three games a week. Is that a concern for yourself?
1: Uh, you forgot Sorrow as well. And um, Sorrow.
0: Yeah, Sorrow, yeah. I, I don't so, know so, why I, I keep you've, forgetting you've Sorrow.
1: Named, you've named about eight midfielders.
0: I know, <laughs> but come on. Come <laughs> on. So, Sorrow, Sorrow doesn't seem to be Pasta Coglu's type of player. He hasn't really featured much. Um, Liam Shaw hasn't got a sniff since pre-season. To be Luka fair,
1: I mean, Soros played a few games off the bench. Uh, I I do agree. I don't think Rodgers got it in his tank to to keep this level up for 90 minutes week in, week out. But we don't need him to do that. He's been... I mean, we'd love him to be able to play 90 minutes, but since he's put a Celtic jersey on, he's never been able to do that. And the fact he's even playing at this kind of tempo at this level for Ange at the minute, and playing as well as he is, uh, is fantastic to see. And We've only benefited for it, but I don't think we—I we, don't think any Celtic fan would expect him to keep that up throughout the course of the season. Uh, like you say, there's other guys there. There's Shaw looked really good in pre-season. I think he's got a role to play uh, if he can get the chance. Um, McCarthy as well when he comes back for injury. Um, like you say, Sorrow's still got his, 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 his chances. You've got Beaton there if you really, really need him. Uh, and by all accounts, Beaton we don't like him as a defender. That's not his position. But as a midfielder, he's still a quality player. Uh, and did he not actually get man of the match uh, at the weekend there um, for Israel as a defender? I mean, the guy's a talented player. We, we can't forget that he, he, he's played his part for us as well. And I think in a midfield role, uh, he's still got a role to play with us. Um, and as, as for the other guys we brought in, uh, I mean, we've got, like you say, Luke O'Connell. I think he deserves a chance. Um, but I think the I think the midfield uh, could we have done with maybe bringing in an experienced sort of holding midfielder, somebody to ideally replace Brown, which we've not done. Aye, um. But is it a concern that we didn't? I don't believe so. Um. I, I think that we're, we're going to be all right going forward in terms of midfield. Uh, maybe look at it in January, see if there's anybody else you can bring in. But it's not an area I'm ultimately really concerned about at the minute, not.
0: Well, Stanley, I'm concerned about no more since the end of it. 40 midfielders, thanks for that, Joe. <laughs> no, but coming, coming to yourself, William, you were a big fan of Liam Shaw in preseason. I think we actually all were, and the games were saying he, he looked like a, a battle-hardened midfielder, even though he was young, but he was getting stuck in and he was breaking up playing. One of the, the first goals we've seen under Postacoglu was him winning the ball high up the pitch and kind of setting up a alley for one of his first strikes in preseason. Do you think we'll see more of him going forward, especially if the midfield gets stretched and injuries come?
2: I doubt it, to be honest with you. Um, you're bang on. I was a, a massive fan for what I've seen. I was really excited to see what he could do, but he's he's literally not been anywhere near the squad since uh, we brought a few more in. So uh, I would like to see more of him, but I don't see it. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about the centre uh, midfield uh, area, uh, but I 100% hear where you're coming from, Stephen. I think like these guys that are coming in and filling in i think they're decent but they're not they're not for example if kalmac and david Turnbull pick up injuries tomorrow for three months we're screwed in centre midfield we'll have guys come in and do a job but they're nowhere near the quality of these guys are and we wouldn't create half as much we wouldn't look uh, as solid uh, we would be up Six creek without a paddle to be honest with you uh, mccarthy i'm like you Stephen. it's a strange signing for me if he's fit and rearing to go, he's an absolute quality, class act. But he's been in the door for a week, number of weeks now and we've seen like 15 minutes of you know. um If we can get him fit and rearing to go, then he could be one that's pushing one of these guys out. Uh, uh, he'd be another great option. Uh, like you've said, our, our first three years at the moment, Calmack, Turnbull and Rogic. I mean, if you get McCarthy fit, he could be sitting in that, uh, sit and roll and, and like Cal Mac and Turnbull do their thing as well so there's options there but he's not he's not fit at the moment and he hasn't been. So like I say, the guys that are coming in, Sorrow could come in and do a job um. but again I'm not. By the way, you said Sorrow that many times, I thought I was listening to Sunshine and Leith, thought the proclaimers were on for two years. <laughs> Sorrow, Sorrow every two seconds. Anyway uh, so I, but I would like to see Shaw uh. I'd like to see a bit more. Of him. I thought he was that. I thought he'd have been perfect in that role. He he, he was great in the tackle, and he's a big, strong boy. He must be six and a half foot, surely. He's uh, but we've not seen any of them. And if like Ange Andrew knows a lot, a lot more about football than I do, so he's obviously seen something that's uh, maybe he's more of a prospect than than anything else. And these guys were brought in before Ange was in the door. To be fair, so they're not his signings. So uh, aye, like I say when we're signing, when we're looking in January again, the signings we're bringing in, I'm hoping that it's guys of quality that are pushing for first 11 rather than the likes of Soros and, and Shaw's and stuff like that who are pretty much squad players to come in um, if somebody else falls out. So, not worried at the moment, but if we pick up a couple of big injuries, I think we're, we're really, really struggling in that department. I think you're right, Stephen.
0: Yeah, 100%. I'm 100% right, as I always am. But look, <laughs> just, just, just the, just the, just to round up the show, guys, and ter- I want you to pick a favourite moment of the season so far. There's been a few, I mean, there's been a, a lot of bright moments in terms of Kyogo, the, the games at home, the European game against Alkmore and stuff. But come to yourself, William, first. What's been the standout moment for you? Or even if you want to pick a standout player, who's it been and why?
2: Yeah, I don't think you can look any further than uh, Kyogo. He's been an absolute joy to watch since he's came in. But, yeah. Um my favourite moment is probably, it's not even a, a a moment in a game or a goal or, or, or such it's, it's Kyogo himself and how much a humble character he is and uh, see, there's a, a moment that made me smile and it was when he, he got t- I don't know if it was a game he got a hat-trick and he got 10 off anyway, as he always does after the hour mark um, and he's on the bench and then and he got announced as man of the match in the stadium and the camera panned to him and he's just full of smiles and Bowing his head to the fans and clapping along and humble, and then at the end of the game when he's got the ball and they're and they're going round the park, uh, clapping the fans, he's running up to every every teammate like he's a boy in a school playground and they're, they're all cuddling and that and I just it's he's just an absolute joy I, I, as a person it seems, and as a footballer it's just been an absolute privilege to watch so uh, that's been my favourite moment. See when he ran up to like Joe Hart and stuff and tapped him on the shoulder and then gets a big cuddle and then runs off to somebody else. Brilliant!
0: <laughs> you're all about you're all about them cuddles, were not you? I know me. So I love lovely.
2: a I love a cuddle, man.
0: You you and your aunt aunt's pasta cloggy pillow that you oh, sent
2: Hello, sitting in. between <laughs> me and the wife every night in bed.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about your yourself, Joel? What's been a standout moment for for you? Uh,
1: I I don't have a standout moment specifically. Um, I would say, but I'm just ex- this is as excited as I've been in a while for for the season, uh, and that play, largely in part to the style of football we're playing, um, just becoming a big admirer of Ange and the way he handles himself and the, the, the way he's got the team playing. I'm just ex- I'm just excited about. My favourite moment is just the fact that the season started again and that we're looking mm-hmm. like we're back to winning ways because, like, Wyom said a number of times, if you if you'd have said to me we'd be in this position last year uh, at this point, I don't know. I think we, I mean, we we started this podcast during one of the worst seasons that we can remember and yeah. we still I mean and, and say we, that's still finishing second in the league. so it's not the worst season we've ever had but it, for us as fans it was just everything it meant and everything else it was it was a woeful season and I think everybody was just like with you had all that carry on with the manager and everything else and you just didn't know what was going to happen but now I'm just I'm absolutely buzzing about everything, and I I, I love what William said there about Kyogo. Kyogo has been a breath of fresh air, and is, he's an absolute joy to watch. And I was going to say my favourite moment for him as well. Remember uh, in the Hearts get the cup game um, when he got brought down, they kept he got up, he kept, yes. hugged, the ref- hugged the referee. <laughs> <laughs> the the wee man's just absolute class, and like you he say, he he just makes you smile. Eh? Like he, he's he's an absolute joy to watch. And I think he's he's even a draw himself. Like when we went at that, that game. The amount of Japanese flags and all that, the kids running about with, with the Japanese flags and everything else, it was, he it's, it's obviously made up quite a bit of an impact. And the fact that he's doing the work on the pitch as well uh, is even better.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be selfish about it. The favourite moment for me was that cup game. I think we were always rallied, but a couple weren't in the podcast group. And it was just being back in the stadium again, singing, You'll Never Walk Alone. It just gave me goosebumps. Obviously, allied to the wins and the big wins and the likes of Kyogo. The players I got, Joe Hart as well. I have to give a shout-out to Joe Hart. He's made a big difference to the Celtic team since he's come in. Oh, and wait, as you what? Said, <laughs> what? Say that again? No, I can't rewind. I can't Steve, go back.
2: Stephen can admit when he's wrong. He would give him that, to be fair.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I always admit when I'm wrong. You know that. I think Joe, I think Joe Hart, he, he has been a big, big difference. And I'll give you, if Barcast was still in that, it would be a totally different story. So there you go. You've got How it out who who here, right?
2: I, but who said Eddie? How was it coming
1: though? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, there, was, there was you that said that, Stephen. You've not mentioned it.
0: I don't mention it because every time I do, you shoot <laughs> me down. So I'll keep it to myself, all right? But I will say, in terms of the the main show, that's it done. But I'm bringing back the quiz this week. So between William and John, Ugh. obviously you get you guys know the rules. Whatever whoever answers, free right. I can't even remember myself, but we'll get there. And if he's already, we'll crack on.
1: Yeah.
2: But don't yep. remember correctly, John cheated his way to win last time, so it's revenge.
1: <laughs> time, man. Shit, I actually forgot I won that. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely did. I'm like, I think here's another one I'm going to lose.
0: So, question one. Who scored two goals against Rangers in February 1981 as Selby came from behind to win 3-1 and go top of the league? 81? Yeah. Jeez, oh. He played for Arsenal. Joe Johnson What? No Joe Miller, sorry He's a sky pundit Charlie hey, Nicholas. Yeah one nil like, I don't even know <laughs> I wasn't even <laughs> right, born names.
1: I wasn't question, born
0: you know Question 2 Who scored 129 goals for Celtic Made 515 appearances And was voted their best ever player By the club's fans In 2002 And what, Jimmy was Johnson. what was the player's name? What was the player's Yes, that's 2-0 the Question three Which former footballer has played two spells with St. Mirren, West Ham, and Celtic? Uh, <laughs> yes, John. Where were you? You looking at Google again? <laughs>
1: nah, I have no
0: idea. I think John kind of give up there, but John, I want to give it to yourself for a second. Obviously, you are the guy in the podcast who does everything on YouTube, Spotify, and gets it up there, iTunes, and stuff. Give the listeners a wee update on where we are with, like, the likes of video and things like that.
1: <laughs> I
0: knew you were going to ask me this. Know,
1: but... <laughs>
0: well,
1: everybody's been. Everybody's got stuff going on at the minute uh, and busy. There's been a lot happening. Um, obviously, you've moved the island across to Scotland. Uh, and William and Ross were busy in the run-up as well. We tr- we, I mean, we want to get stuff done, but everybody always has lives outside of this. Uh, and mm-hmm. let's try to get the time together just to obviously get everything tested it, make sure everything's all running smoothly, everybody's okay to start going ahead with it um, so hopefully very very soon I'm, I'm looking in the next couple of weeks at least
0: mm-hmm. I think we've organised about four test events and none of us have showed for one of them
2: <laughs> I, think we all need to, I think we just need to wait to retirement to be honest with you
1: <laughs> Nah it, it will happen but like I said it's not a case of just jumping diving headfirst into it because we didn't want to look stupid and all the rest of it and i've said this to you before but i want to make sure everything's all right and everybody's everybody's stuff's equipment's working everybody everything's up to scratch because you want to, you want to obviously come across well, eh and like i say, everybody's got lives outside of this and everybody's been busy recently and uh, we've got ross and franny who are getting housework and all that done this week and everything else and last week he's all had the the stuff stuff eh, as well william like so i mean it, it's try to get everyone everybody together at the same time um and and, and try to work out and iron out all the kinks but, but it will
0: happen in just, yeah a few weeks and then obviously uh, uh william big sender ross did you enjoy this one always <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't Honestly, get sender, I... you'll get a big sender of seed right in your chest next time i see you by the way
0: I don't see it like it's, it's
2: a Dan just... number. Oh.
0: <laughs> I, I see, I don't see it either. It does come into my head that time. When got I I got the
2: <laughs> Next, you got to be Bruce Willis or something.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, big Brucey. That's another one. But listen, guys, it's been a, another great show. Some great things covered. And to the people who are listening, stay well and keep safe. Heal, heal.